Bush and Ritchie here with your Hometime Show podcast, uh, a Friday podcast ending a week of incredible biblical weather. Yes, it has been, hasn't it? We've had all sorts. We've had lightning during the course of the show today uh, that you're about to hear, high winds and everything. The, the one thing that I do like about how high wind is one of those moments where you're walking along and you see a seagull going sideways. And they're almost going like, because you know, I don't like them. We've talked about them on the on the show before. The birds, birds have have got bigger than their boots, but too big for their boots during the lockdown. Very they? true. And I feel like wind is something that actually takes them down. Exactly. So to see a bird go sideways, you think, ah, oh, maybe you're not set to inherit the earth straight away. Now I have to say, of all the iffy uh, weather that we've had this week, this is my least favourite. But I'll tell you why. It's because we've got a skip on the driveway. Or you think some stuff might go rogue? <laughs> it has done. Seriously, I spent my morning watching out the front window just seeing stuff fly out of my skip. Me chase it down the road, put it back in the skip, only for it to fly out again. It's been a nightmare. It's high drama, but not as high drama as the show you're about to hear. So my mum and dad went to an iconic uh, Devonian location yesterday. They still live down in Exmouth. That's where I grew up, down in Brixham. Uh, they went to this place that is a shop that I would say has mytholo- mythological status in the southwest. It's a huge thing. Uh, it's the only shop in the United Kingdom where you can buy a bullwhip, a gum guard and a floppy disk all in one place. Then go outside and stare at some peacocks whilst you're having fish and chips. I'm talking about Trago Mills. Uh, so it's a huge thing living down in Devon, having Trago there. I think there's one in Devon, there's one in Cornwall as well. Uh, but a lot of people, when I've mentioned it on the radio before, people get in touch because they think, oh, we know Trago, we don't live in Devon, but like, if you go down there on your holiday, you then would go to Trago Mills for the day with the family. Like a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. It's like a very budget Disneyland where you can buy bizarre combinations of items as well. And Joe, you know, I absolutely love it down there, and I was chuffed that they were going there yesterday. And thank you to everyone who was tweeting me with like bizarre things that they can pick up for them whilst they're down there, such as uh, a, a tray with a cushion on the back with a seascape on the front that you can eat your tea, uh, your, your tea off whilst watching TV. But um, I was kind of thinking to myself, is the shame is with with, um, uh, with uh, Trago Mills is that it's never going to be like protected, like say um, say Buckfast Abbey, another amazing yeah. place down in Devon. That's got like heritage status, isn't it? So yeah. they're going to look after that. Why don't weird places in our local areas get like a blue plaque or heritage status as well? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Like local to me, Nebworth House. Uh, you might immediately think, oh, what the Oasis gigs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great idea. You know, give it, give that blue status. I'm thinking actually for the locals, right? Yes, they were amazing <laughs> Oasis gigs. For the locals, there's a brilliant dinosaur trail there. Take a Rocco many occasions. Why not Why not protect that? Exactly. So what about the dinosaur trail? Less so Oasis. So here's the question, right? First hour of the show, what quirky place or thing in your local area should be given heritage status? Pete says, and this is a great example, uh, the Slough Water Treatment Works, affectionately known as the Slough Stench. It can be inhaled between junction <laughs> six and seven of the M4. I'll put another one in there. I don't even know if this still exists, but when we used to travel back home from, from Liverpool down to Devon, there used to be a paper mache camel with its head poking over the side of the motorway embankment. Right. Uh, I think just at the start of the M5 or at the end of the M5 as you head down towards Devon, that should be given heritage status as well. Yeah, definitely. But one of his humps. One of his exactly, on the side of a little blue plaque. Tweet here from a Hemel Hempstead resident uh, saying the Hemel Hempstead magic roundabout. There's a few 
towns that have got those. Oh, yeah. uh, or also the Hemel Hempstead dry ski slope. <laughs> Our richly deserved. I've done the dry ski slope. That is a good one. It's an indoor one. I, li- I like it when they they make some another roundabout. Like, I spend a lot of time in Bristol. There's a place called the Bear Pit in mm-hmm. Bristol, which is right in the centre of one of the main roundabouts there. And you kind of, uh, don't know what it's like now, but you certainly uh, took your life in your own hands if you're going to cross through there at a certain time of night on the way back from a nightclub. Uh, Algie says the Palmo needs one in Middlesbrough. We've talked about the Palmo before. I don't know if I could properly describe it. It seems to be like a, a battered to within an inch of its life chicken breast covered in cheese and tomato <laughs> sauce. But a dish can have uh, a blue plaque. I would have thought so, yeah, a heritage dish. Please. Sue in Liverpool would like uh, a blue plaque placed outside the jam butty mines in Liverpool and preserve them forever. A fantastic location from a Ken Dodd joke. Yes. Uh, someone else says about the Bristol's got loads of places. Clark's Pies in Bristol for a blue heritage plaque. I used to live above the Clark's Pie Factory on North Street in Bristol and Bedminster. So the best place for me to have come down out of our door and they used to do pies from a hatch. What an amazing smell. I may, honestly, I think they did one of the, I think it's Bristol Rovers have their pies as their uh, on-site pies for the wow. game. And it's so, so good. Uh, being also uh, reminiscing about the uh, camel on the M5, like a, it was like a pretend camel that we used to know that we were nearly home when you were driving past it. That should get a plaque, but we're getting quite a bit of intel into the show that uh, the camel might have gone. Mal, is it gone? I know, I know. It, I think it went a while ago. It's opposite Partridge Cycles, isn't it? Sorry, not name-dropping there, but... That's all right. Um, well, we, I mean, it, I used to see it when I was a kid on the way home. It, it meant that we weren't that far away from home. It was a papier-mâché camel. Don't tell me it's gone, Mal. I believe so, yes. I think it's re- been replaced with an elephant. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> 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 I know, I know. But, you know, I guess um, times change and move on. Well, I mean, maybe we could protect the elephant. Do you, do you think the elephant deserves heritage status now that it's reminding kids that they're nearly home on the M5 stroke M4? Definitely. I'll be going past it in the next week or so on my way to Cornwall. Mal, lovely to speak oh. to you. Have yourself a great right. Friday night. And you. Dave Pierce, not that one, says, it's got to be the wimpy in Strood in Kent, which has been a constant in my life from the occasional treats as kids to dates with my girlfriend, now my wife, and it's still there to take our grown-up children to. That's got to be worth a blue plaque, surely. Definitely, Dave. Love that. Uh, Tom, what is your nomination for an alternative blue plaque? Uh, it's the uh, English Electric Lightning that unfortunately isn't anymore, but used to be on oh. the A1 by Newark. It was a scrapyard, but I think they cleared it out a few years ago. So just talk us through this back. How old were you when this was uh, a thing? I started as a kid in the 80s. So, um, yeah, the scrapyard used to have a Lightning fighter jet kind of right on the edge of the A1. You went past it. Well, you know, so they have, you know, we're talking about heritage sites and, and blue plaques and that kind of thing. Many times you'll, you'll hear about a castle being kind of rebuilt, the west wing of it and stuff like that, to try and make it look how it would have done in its pomp in medieval times. Why can't they put a fighter jet back on top of the scrapyard on the A1? I would love to see that. It would stand up and uh, hopefully not make you drive too fast. That would be a downside, but it would look amazing on that side. I think if I was a kid, what a cool item to have as the thing that you were looking out for to say that you're nearly home. A fighter jet. I know, RAF bases everywhere as well. But we've had a lot of chat on the show this evening about the paper mache camel from the M5. Is there any way we can combine the fighter jet from the A1 and the uh, the paper mache camel from the M5? Put them together? Uh, A balsa wood fighter jet would look amazing. Fantastic, (laughs) on the back of the camel. It's a great idea. On the back of a camel, I would. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Have a good Friday night. 
Oh, have a great Friday, guys. To clear up uh, the camel elephant M5 debacle that has been going on this <laughs> afternoon, many of you all saying similar to Jess on the M5 right now. The camel is back. Oh. We passed her an hour ago. She's past Morrison's, where the wicker man is, if you're going southbound. The elephant is at Exeter, says Jess. There you go. Mal is the Minister for Misinformation. Uh, Terry's on the line. Terry, what would you like to nominate? You know, Dorothy's... Uh, um... No, it's it's a chip shop that we all used to go to in Cardiff. It's still there, actually. Um, and, you know, everybody um, knows it quite well in Cardiff. It's uh, it's it's famous, basically, um, particularly for its um, chicken curry off the bone, half and half, which is half rice and half, half chips. Uh, it's, it's a kind of must-go place after you've had um, a skin full of beer, really. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and is, was this on Chip Alley in Cardiff? There's a famous place in Cardiff that's, called Chip Alley. That's, that's the one. Caroline Street is Chip Alley. Amazing. You just, I remember come out of a nightclub and there was so much grease on the floor from the chips being cooked. You used to just fall over. <laughs> exactly. That's that, that's the um, that's the the danger of the Chip Alley, or Skid Alley, if you want to call it. It's um, you know. Chippy Lane is the other is the other. Um, That's a Beatles song, isn't it? it. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it, yeah, yeah. You think it should have a this this place then should have a blue plaque? It should be uh, heritage status and be protected for future generations to have half and half. Oh, definitely, definitely. We want to hear what you've got going on this weekend, but particularly if there's an element of a cliffhanger to it. Right? Is there something happening this weekend in your plans that has got an element of drama, intrigue, that means when you tell us about it in a minute, we're going to want to call you back on Monday's show to find out how it went. Imagine you've told us about it. What we want is me and Richie in our in our separate homes over the weekend looking out the window, you know, with the blinds, like yeah. they used to do in 1950s black and white movies, drinking scotch, thinking about you, thinking, man, we need to speak to them on Monday to find out what happens. Now, it could be proper drama and intrigue. It could be something that's not quite as dramatic, but there is an element of, oh, I wonder whether they will, I wonder whether they won't. For example, all right? Yeah. I'm going to the fun fair on Sunday. I haven't been to a fun fair for a very, very long time. Are they back? Fun fairs are back. <laughs> I think they're, well, they're outdoor events, aren't they? Oh, well, there you go. But the element of intrigue, drama, willy won't he, with the uh, fun fair is, of course, will I manage to win something at the hoopla for Rocco? I, my, my willy won't he uh, whole panic thing for you with that is your face when you see the prices that you've got to pay to go on some of them right. Because <laughs> the they don't let you do normal money now, do they? You've got to buy true. their tokens. Yeah. I just can, I just want to see your face. I want webcam <laughs> footage of you being told how much the candy floss is. Well, that is Willie Wotley as to will he actually allow anyone to go on any of the rides. <laughs> uh, for me, this is, again, this is quite niche. I'm going to my first online board gaming convention. I'm a, I'm a turbo nerd, as you know, in terms of board games. How do you go to one? Surely that's just in your lounge. Well, this is it. This is uh, There's a thing called the San Diego Historical War Games Convention. <laughs> Hear me out here. I'm almost like retreating as I say it. <laughs> it's brilliant, though. It's all online, and yeah. it's all these all these people that I look up to are like brilliant game designers. They're all hosting little kind of TED Talk things over the weekend. Right. You can dip in on this thing. There's a thing called Discord, which mm. is like a... You can have it for audio. You can type stuff like old school MSN Messenger or actually watch the video. And it means you get, you get access to... Normally, I would never be able to go to San Diego's historical no. war games convention, but I might dip into a few lectures and a few chats and see what happens. That's Make great. friends. Hey, if if it was normal life, that would be a very difficult one to get past, wouldn't it? Exactly. This <laughs> now that it's online, I can stay upstairs and be tracky bottoms, no questions asked. <laughs> yeah. uh, gonk. 
great name, uh, says, <laughs> where I, I, I'd Isn't love, that from uh, Grange Hill? I think you No, that was Gonch, wasn't that it? That was Gonch, right, yeah, <laughs> wrong, wrong one. Uh, we're hosting our daughter's 18th birthday party in a gazebo in our garden tonight. We're not invited. On many levels, there's jeopardy there. Obviously, the, the teenagers could run yep. riot, end up on one of those Facebook party <laughs> things on the local news. Also, have you seen the weather? <laughs> I was about to say, that's probably one of the number ones. That's almost like an omen. Got Scotty on the line. Scotty, mate, what is your cliffhanger? Oh, my uh, my wife has decided to finally start helping with the extension, so she's going to help me tile the ensuite tomorrow. That's Some incendiary language yeah. you're using there, Scotty. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? And, and the bit she's going to help you with is specifically tiling, which is uh, it's quite a tricky part of the whole build, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the, it's the thing that finishes it off, really. If it goes wrong, you're going to notice it a mile away. So this is something that you are doing yourself. So what is your trade, Scotty, and what does your wife do? Where's the expertise? I'm, I'm a bricklayer by trade, but right. I do dabble in everything, and my wife's a teacher. OK. You're definitely going to have an argument. It's going to be World War Three. I can just sense it right now. Oh, absolutely. We'd have that all the time anyway. Well, the cliffhanger is we'll call you on Monday and find out whether you filed for divorce. Ah, oh, thank you very much. Uh, Neil's on the line. Neil, mate, what's your cliffhanger? It's the country city of culture, and uh, I've applied to be one of the hosts along with my wife, and we're picking up our uniforms this weekend. OK. Um, obviously, with uh, the lockdown and that, there's been a little bit of timber that's been added. Um, <laughs> they've released a few photos showing the uniform, and they look a little figure-hugging. Hang on so, one second, Neil. Is this? A, 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 I might have got the wrong thing in my head here. When you talk about a host uniform, are you talking like some kind of mascot with a like full face covering, or or is this sort of like you know <laughs> showing people around the town centre going, "Oh, go this way." I'm not. Uh, hopefully, it's not going to be like Sky Blue Sam and dressed as a big <laughs> elephant. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Okay, right. So you're, I, I'm, I'm picturing uh, Wesley Crusher from Star Trek: The Next Generation, quite figure hugging. Uh, air host of the future type thing where you're telling people to go down different routes to see historical parts of Coventry, like that. Uh, uh, exactly like that, but probably just telling them where the toilets are. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never been to Coventry before. What kind of stuff would you be pointing people to? Um, we don't really know yet because we haven't been given the things, but definitely the cathedrals and yeah. the uh, Herbert Art Gallery. The Rico the Arena. Yes. Uh, I don't, nobody wants to go there. <laughs> <don't think> <laughs> so your cliffhanger then this weekend is you're getting your brand new outfits, you and your missus, and you don't know whether you're going to be able to get into them or not. Yeah, it's uh, it might be time for a diet, I think, depending uh, on how it fits. I've never been to Coventry, but I've been sent there by many. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. What is he like? He's a rascal, isn't he? He is a rascal, but we're going to find out on Monday how you get on. Are we? <laughs> it's Bush and Ritchie here. It's Absolute Radio on a Friday night celebrating it nearly being the weekend. It's home time. Now, this time yesterday, uh, we were getting ourselves very excited uh, about uh, the arrival in the UK of the Canadian mystical legend that is Tim Hortons. I'd never heard of him, but it appears that the rest of the world all have, and you and me are the last people to know about this. Never heard of Tim Horton, not in a million years. I thought he was the, the lead singer of uh, Beautiful South, something like that, <laughs> or The Farm. Uh, well, anyway, Simon has got in touch with us. Um, Simon's email says, I am Canadian, call me. I can explain the legend that is Tim Hortons. There's me and Bush getting all very excited about someone punching holes in donuts and selling the fried middle bits. Simon, tell us about Tim Hortons. 
Well, Timmy, as we all know him affectionately, is Timmy. a small brand of donut shops, which were established back in the 70s by an ex-hockey player called Tim Hortons. It started off in southern Ontario. People would go to your local Timmy's, and that's where you could find a police officer if you're ever looking for one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as you can imagine, the stereotype lives. But what's even funnier is if you're familiar with the film Wayne's World, it was actually written by Mike Myers, who was from southern Ontario, just out north of Toronto, actually. Uh-huh. And what he did was, is he established, if you remember the film Wings World, they actually were at Makita's Donut Shop. And Makita was named after Stan Makita, who was a hockey player from Chicago. But he was basically an homage to Tim Hortons and Tim Hortons Donuts. Wow! wow. That's got to be one of the most unusual, um, you know, from one career to another. Yeah. Being, a, you know, a tough old ice hockey player player and it's a hard game that then go from go to there to to doing these kind of donuts and stuff it's a bit of a curveball for tim isn't it or timmy absolutely the thing is it's known as timmy's if you say like so my sister she says to me hey i'm gonna get some coffee you want some coffee and she you think she's gonna go in the house she gets in her car she drives around the corner goes through drive through comes back with and says oh i picked up some some tim bits as well which which was going on about yesterday but they also do sandwiches chili brilliant loads of other foods and also um they also have an ice cream bit they do in canada as well, but hey, I'm not a, I, I'm not paid for or uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be more than happy for some of uh, some freebies from them. That's amazing. <laughs> I love the fact, uh, like you say, Bush. There's this 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 career change. You could have like in 30 years' time uh, across America uh, some restaurant called Frank Lampard's. Yeah. Uh, which Frank, is... Frankie's. Frank, <laughs> Frankie's, which is just doing like uh, roasts and Yorkshire puddings and all this kind of stuff to Americans. It's so good. And you know what? It's so Canadian as well. You, you've got an amazing thing there, but you guys are, 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 are very... You don't like to boast about stuff, do you? Do you know what I mean? You've got a brilliant thing, but you wouldn't know about it. We, we didn't, we'd never heard of this thing until we did a bit of digging on the show the other night. No, exactly. And that's what Canadians do. We, if we got something that works, we don't tell it everybody else about it. That's like it. <laughs> it's, you know, the thing is, is they, they say about Canadians and Scots, although I'm a, um, I'm, I'm a Canadian but live in Scotland, is that the, we both have noisy neighbours to the, to the south, but we don't say much about it. That's a good point. <laughs> and one final question, what brings you to Scotland from Canada? Oh, I married a good lady here, got entangled in London, and she was from Edinburgh, so we came up here, and I've been here for 25 years. And now, 25 years later, the Timbits have followed you. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what? You've got to also go for the turnovers and the, the honey crullers. But um, the boxes, the tim- the, the holes, they actually they come in multiple sizes, and I would definitely, definitely recommend them. Brilliant. Well, listen, fantastic. Lovely to speak to you. What a fantastic bit of intel. Cheers, Simon. Right, Cheers, mate. One final thing, just picking up on weather and gardens and stuff that we were talking about at the very beginning of the podcast. What is, what's the kind of rules on stuff that lands in your garden? If, you know, like high winds or neighbours mucking about, if it lands in your garden, is it a little bit like, you know, when, when uh, if you find a ship that's shipwrecked, you get kind of salvage rights, so it's kind of yours? Because we've had some unbelievable stuff land in our garden from various neighbours. I just wonder whether I can keep it. Well, I, I think on the finder's keeper's rule, it, surely it probably depends on value. Um, if, <laughs> if it's a crisp packet... Yeah then you probably wouldn't want to. But if it's a diamond necklace that's blown into your garden, it's probably another matter. Well, it's somewhere in between, right? I've always wanted to get Thea, our youngest daughter, a Nerf gun. Right. And about obviously the kids from the, the house opposite have got a Nerf gun, but they're quite bad aim, and it's been high winds. So we've got four or five fancy little Nerf gun 
cartridges yeah. in a back garden. Thinking of keeping them, extra ammo for when we get the Nerf gun down the road. Yes, but that does immediately make you as that crotchety neighbour. It's, <laughs> it's like if a ball blows over the fence, you would want that neighbour to give the ball back. If you're holding on to Nerf bullets, you're a crotchety and tight neighbour. Vic Pachilio. That was the name of our neighbour when I was a kid. He would never give the ball back to us if it went into his back garden. We used to nick his plums. I'm talking about the tree variety. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I've, maybe I've just turned into Andy Pachilio. <laughs> There you go. That's good. Double day.